Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Hope you don't get tired of hearing that, singing that holy, 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 because that's going to kind of be the theme of heaven. And we're just never going to get over that, how holy he is, how, how separate he is, how different he is, but yet he's welcomed us into his presence forever. It's not a Sunday morning for an hour. It's forever. Somebody, one of the teenagers came up to me after I preached a little bit on heaven one day, and they're like, so what are we doing? Like, it sounds kind of boring, you know. I don't think we can even imagine what it's going to be like. But all I know is we never get over that. And we get to practice. And, uh, and he's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of an eternity of just worship. I think, I think sometimes we, we look at him, and we should, as this holy, separate, different God. There's this passage in Scripture that says it's, he's enthroned in the heavens, but it says he's the father to the fatherless and defender of widows. He's close. And he loves you today. And so um, we're just thankful, Holy Spirit, that you show us that, that you can speak deeper to our hearts than a preacher or a song or anything else, Lord. We just pray right now. You maybe just put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, just speak to me today. Show me that today. Show me who you are today. Show me who I am today. I, I need my eyes to be open to you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that it's not up to us. We thank you. You did everything for us. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for forgiveness, mercy, for grace. Thank you for your presence and what you're going to do. Thank you for just the opportunity to, to be together to gather, to worship together, to respond to your voice together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Aren't you thankful, guys? I'm feeling uh, a little prophetic today. I don't mean to be so charismatic with you, but like, I just really feel the Lord on some things today. And one of the things I really feel like he's saying is, uh, and I don't know if this, this is not for everybody, but it might be for somebody. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your life's not over. So don't take your life. There's always hope. Addiction's not forever. Freedom's possible. Maybe, maybe that's, hopefully that's what you need to take the step today. To open up, to get help. But it's not over, so don't give up. 
What if we told each other that more often? <laughs> Don't give up. Um, it's a very serious moment to make announcements. Baptism Sundays today. We get to celebrate. Yeah, we get to celebrate somebody's obedience and taking their step following Jesus. Uh, Parents Night's happening March the 12th. You can register online or in the Church Center app. For Easter, which is really quickly coming, we're gonna uh, we're gonna be canvassing this neighborhood, inviting people to our, our services, and we don't want to have Easter for us. We want to have Easter for our community. We want to invite people who are far away from God to come in and, and just get to know Him. And uh, and so we're next Sunday, I believe, in the lobby. We're going to be doing sign-ups for, pe- for teams to go out. Uh, there's two dates in March, and you'll find that out if you sign up, what those dates are to go out and hand out gifts in these uh, streets to people and invite them to Christmas. It's going I mean, not Christmas. You can, but that's a little good ways away. Easter. Um, and get in a community. You can go to the dwellingchurch.org and, and click on the community button if you're not plugged in. There, it's never too late, right? Just because we kicked them off last week doesn't mean we can't get in them now. And, um, and then I have a res- really exciting news today. Y'all ready for this? Who wants some good news? All right. Um, Alexis, come on up. Where you at? Are you in here? Okay. She's take a break from kids. She's serving our kids today to come in here and do this. So um, thank you for doing that. For a really, really long time. You know, we've been at this church thing for six years now. And there have been some individuals that have stepped up to fulfill some administrative roles and just tasks that have come to the point to where, as far as the workload is concerned, we need somebody <laughs> to carry this, like a, a designated role for this. And so uh, Alexis has, is joining our staff at the dwelling as an admin, admin administrative assistant. And, uh, and so we're so glad that she's, she's on the team. And so if you see her hug her neck today, she's going to do a great job. Uh, if you don't know her husband, <laughs> Micah, and, um, and they're, I got a little little kid, and I got another one on the way. If you can't tell, um, very soon. And so uh, they've been with us since nearly the beginning. And and my thoughts are, man, if you stayed in the theater, you something special. All, that's all I got to say. But um, but yeah, really excited to have have Alexis on the team. So give her one more hand. Hand, we love you. Yeah, she's actually. Uh, going to be starting in a couple weeks, and then she's going to have a baby. <laughs> so and we'll get back at it after that, all right? All right. Let's just, uh, let's do something. You don't have to do this, but it'd be helpful for me. Let's close our eyes just a minute and just take a deep breath. Let's breathe out our stress. Let's breathe out any disappointment we carried in today. And let's just breathe in the grace, the grace, the presence of Jesus. He's here and he's got some things to say and do in our lives. Let's take one more, just a deep breath and just cleanse. Holy Spirit, would you speak today? Would you move? Would you transform us by your word? 
Amen. I've kind of got two messages. Y'all okay with that? We'll be out of here by like three. I'm just kidding. Some of the new people are like, is he serious right now? I want to talk about a verse in Romans 15, verse 7, about accepting one another. We've been in this series called One. We're talking about oneness and how that is the plan of Jesus for his church and what community actually looks like, biblical community. And uh, I'll just go ahead and just say this. We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Okay, we're not we're not there yet, but we're pressing into the Lord and his wisdom and his strategy. And like, what does it look like to actually be the church? What does it look like to have community, to pursue oneness together? And we're after that. And but I want to talk about that. But I want to talk about oneness and mission. So they do coincide. And I've been talking to the Lord all morning. Which one do you want me to preach? And I feel like I'm just supposed to talk about both of these things. So I'm going to do that. But the first thing I want to do is read Romans 15, verse 7. It'll be on the screen. It says this, Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Accepting one another looks like receiving one another. Your Bible translation may say welcoming one another. That doesn't just mean greeting someone at the door. Good to see you this morning. That means, no, you're in, right? You're not just in the door, you're in the family. Accept one another. Well, she didn't look like me. Accept her. She doesn't believe some of the same things that I do. Accept her. Accepting one another just as Christ accepted you. We're not waiting on each other to shape up before we accept them. Because Jesus didn't wait on you to shape up before he accepted you. I, I, I appreciate the language of have you accepted the Lord, but the, the truth is, the greater truth is, he accepted you a long time, a long time before you ever thought about accepting him. And let's not get prideful about it and, 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 and look down on other people because they don't measure up yet. Accepting one another just as Christ accepted you. And you know what that does? It brings praise to the Lord. It brings praise to God. So I, I really feel like I've got a word this morning for the misfits. There's a lot of y'all in this room, I'm just saying. Have you ever felt like I don't fit in in the church? I'll just say this just personally. I can, I can, um, I can walk into a room of pastors and I'm like, what am I doing here? I sometimes feel like that. Some of you walk into church and you've done this all your life and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't ever like, it's just kind of like, do I have to be like her to be a Christian? You know, because that's not really who I am. I think sometimes the church has been this thing of like, okay, come be part of us and be just like us. And, you know, I, that is not the church. I, I understand the whole thing of like culturally being with people that are like you and you like that and all that. And, and that just, just is going to happen, right? But I want to be the kind of place. I want this house to be the kind of place where we accept each other 
regardless of all the fill in the blanks that we could throw out there, right? So a word to the misfits. If you feel like you don't fit in, not just at this church, but like, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a misfit, you know what I'm talking about, okay? If you're a misfit and you feel like you don't fit in, the Lord might be asking you to pioneer. That may not be a curse that you see the way that you do, that you feel the way that you do. The lens that you see church and life and culture through may not be a curse. It may actually be a blessing. Religion has told you it's a curse. But I believe it might be an invitation to pioneer with God. To do something new. To actually bring something new to the body of Christ. What if we misfits, instead of coming into the established thing and put on our lens and thought, okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, well, I better find another church. Let me go to another church here. This was a lot different than that one. I know this is going to be better, right? And we have the same lens though. Like we're going to, it's us. And we, we bring our past and we bring our, we bring our history with the Lord in every environment we're in. What if it's time to stop looking for the perfect and bring your gifting into the body. And I just, I feel like the Lord just wants me to give you permission to do that. Like there are, if you're a misfit, there are other misfits. I mean, you're special, but you're not that special. You know, like there are people just like you. And we don't know how to reach misfits if we're not misfits. But misfits know how to reach mis misfits. Reach the misfits. Do it. You don't need permission from me. You don't need permission from leadership to, to start your own ministry. Jesus started your ministry when he gave you the Great Commission. Just do it. Misfit. If you're a misfit, reach the misfits. Make room for people like you. Disciples come in all shapes and sizes. They do. Be one and make some. All right? And let's be a church. Let's be a local body, a local gathering that accepts the misfits. And not require them to become like us before they can be accepted. No, just accept one another as Christ has accepted us. Is that good? That's my first message. Y'all ready for number two? It's even better. All right. I want to talk about oneness and mission, which is kind of the thing, right? Because like, if we, if we have this division between the way that we're relating to one another, like, because we, we said in the weeks prior it's not about agreement, right? I mean, we agree over the main things, but there are some disagreement that we're going to have. But th that's not what oneness is about. Oneness is about covenant. It's like, I'm in the family with you. It doesn't matter if you go rogue or if you, you know, whatever. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're doing this thing together. Um, unless you don't vote like I do, then it's over with. I'm telling you that. 
I'll tell you that right now. I'm kidding. But that's how we act, and we got to stop. We just got to stop. Oneness begets mission. When we get serious about breaking down the dividing walls in the body of Christ, mission will happen. But get this. If we are on mission together, that breaks down walls. If we stay humble. And so mission begets oneness and oneness begets mission. It's a cycle of influence in a city that once it gets started, and I'm asking the Lord right now, Lord, as a pastor of the dwelling church on the west side of Savannah, like, what is my role in relation to the other pastors who are in the same place I am? And I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, what I'm doing right now, and Josh is helping me with this. He's looking after people with me. But like just, I'm trying to make connection with people that are kind of been called to the same thing I've called to and, and, and build like this net of prayer and build this net of connection and of just having conversations and like, what does oneness look like between the churches in our city? I talked to someone recently and he said, they said, well, that's impossible. They did. They said it straight up. Highly respect this person, but they were really honest. They said, it's impossible. And I'm like, Sam, at the marathon yesterday, when they said, you need to sit down. He said, uh, thanks for the input. I'm going to keep going. But like, that's the way I see this. It's like, there, no, it's not impossible. My Bible says that all things are possible for him who believes. I think, I think our believers a little broke sometimes. But like, what does it look like? Like, I'm, I'm telling you what I'm doing. Like, but what does it look like for us to be one? Not just with each other in this room or in our communities. That's great. That's where it starts. But what does it look like across town? What does it look like to be on mission in a city with people that are on the same game plan? They may, we may have different ways of seeing things. We may be wearing different lenses. But we're on the same mission. We're, we're moving toward the same goal. Do you know that oneness is the plan A for his church? That's what he said in the garden when he prayed for you and me. He said in John 17, he said, May they be one as I and you are one, Father, that they may be in you and in me. And I'm, not, I'm just paraphrasing right now. But he says, Then the world will know. How will the world know? Mission, us being on mission. Well, what does being on mission looks like? look like? Oneness is the vehicle that mission rides on. Oneness is the vehicle that mission rides in on. You've probably seen this before. You, you, you know, some churches get together and they do something. And they say, okay, we're going to do this. And then there's some disagreement and it happens and it never happens again. Specifically on the racial divide within churches we swoop in and we do this community thing and then it's like a dance you know we're we're away again and we don't see each other for a year I don't like that I just don't like it I think I think that I think we can do better as the body of Christ I think that a pursuit of oneness means laying down personal uh preference and it's it's just going low and being humble and reaching across the aisle and actually getting something done together. 
And I just believe it's possible. Do I know what it looks like? I don't know that I do, but I believe it's possible. I just know that oneness is essential to the mission. And listen to me. If oneness is the vehicle that mission rides in on, then wouldn't it be reasonable to assume that the enemy and his primary tactic to make the mission stop will be to slash the tires of that vehicle? Right? If oneness is how the mission gets accomplished in the earth, then of course the enemy's tactic is, well, if I just divide them, it won't happen. The mission will be cut off. The mission will stop short. And all he has to do is just keep us divided. It's more than possible that the rift in relationship with someone else in the body of Christ is a direct result of the enemy's influence on your mind. Um, in relational conflict, much of what we deal with is believing lies about the other person. Not every thought you have is your own. The Christian life's not hocus pocus, but there's something else going on than we can see. And, um, and the enemy loves to just plant little seeds in our brains. Can you believe he said that? And then we let that stuff fester, and then we go talk to people about it, and before we know it, we've divided not only ourselves from that person, but we've divided other people from that person, and it's like a virus. It just spreads. And then there's just division. And then, of course, the mission is stopped. And so what I, what I really feel the Lord pressing in on my heart and our hearts today is this. Disunity does not just impede our peace. It impedes the plan. Disunity is not just about how I feel inside. Am I right with somebody? Disunity actually stops the mission from happening. So when we, when, we, when we preach on forgiveness like Dane beautifully did last week. Were you here for that one? Did you forgive him? Okay. Um, but here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Like we're talking a lot about forgiveness, but it's not self-help. This whole forgiveness thing and letting go of, of grudges and moving on and all that, it's not about self-help so you can be better. It's so that we can get on mission. Because the most distracting thing is relational dysfunction. The most distracting thing in your life, if you really think about it, why aren't you on mission with God right now? It probably has something to do with relationships. More than likely. And I'm telling you, the enemy knows what he's doing and he will... He will get his hands in those relationships. He will get his hands in a church. And he'll mess that thing up. And so we have to pursue unity. We have to pursue oneness. Because it is the vehicle that mission rides on. So my commitment to reconciliation, your commitment to reconciliation and forgiveness, isn't just about our peace. It's about his plan. It's about his plan. You've heard me tell the story of 
the Moravians. If you haven't, I'll give you a quick history. Early 1700s, a group of religious refugees were taken in and given land to start over on. And they became known as the Moravians. And they were from different sects of the Christian faith, but they were all running from persecution. And they had a lot of disagreements. They didn't believe on the same on a variety of topics. And then they were just kind of forced to just thrown in the community and do community together. And how I many you know that's messy? And that's why we run from it, because it's messy. But I'm telling you, this story illustrates the beauty of if you just embrace the mess. What happened was they, they said, you know what? We got to get right with each other. We're going co- to commit to oneness. And they got together and some of the leaders went to other leaders and said, look, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I've been talking bad about you, you know, because you don't believe in this. And I believe, you know, we just need to come together. The whole community comes together for a communion service in repentance and reconciliation with each other. And the Lord shows up. The Holy Spirit, the, he just fell in power. And what happens as a result of that communion service was 24-7 prayer for 100 years. And out of that 24-7, 100-year prayer meeting was born what we would consider to be the modern missions movement. It was a, it was a move toward reconciliation and right relationships and a commitment to oneness that invited the Lord in their midst and propelled them on a mission to reach the nations of the earth. He, they caught God's heart for the nations. His heartbeat. And it all came through a communion service where they're just wanting to get right with each other and pursue oneness. What would happen if we did that? But one of the first missionary endeavors that the Moravians sent, I mean, they just started sending people. In fact, they tithed their people to foreign missions. 10% of this community was sent. And one of the first, there was, I think there was 10 people in the first, one of the first mission, uh, missionary endeavors that they sent out from, from Germany. And guess where they came? The colony of Georgia. Right down the road. They came in on the Savannah River. Right here. Where am I at? Right here. <laughs> And, uh, and they, and they, history tells us that they set up and they, they, they set up camp. They, they started planting crops. They were working on building their, 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 you know, somewhere to live, shelter. And they came here because there were people, the Yamacraw tribe was here and they, they were like, they, they wanted, they want them to know about Christ. And they're like, we want to minister to the, to the people who are coming in, into the colony and minister to the, the people who are native from here. And they had high hopes and high dreams. They'd encountered the Lord. They'd caught his heartbeat for the nations. And they came to Savannah with a vision, with a purpose, with a plan. And a Moravian historian tells the story of their failure. And even though it started well, it ended poorly. And here's why. First of all was the practical struggles of living and thriving in this climate. Their dietary 
needs. It was hard time. They were pioneers. It's hard. It's probably the sand gnats had something to do with it too. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, what have I gotten myself into? But the main problem that this early Moravian missions movement in Savannah had was internal disputes. They started yin-yang at each other. Somebody hurt somebody's feelings and somebody didn't apologize and somebody didn't, somebody didn't forgive and they harbored forgiveness and the, it split them right down the middle. Peter Bowler, a Moravian pastor, later said of this mission work in Savannah, he said this, the good children lost sight of the plan. The good children lost sight of the plan. I read this story. I think we had moved here to plant the church. And I read this story. And that was one of my, that's been one of my prayers. Personally. Lord, I don't want to lose sight of the plan. I always want to keep check on relationships. I want to keep a check on my heart. Guys, you can't just go autopilot. We have to keep a guard over our hearts at all times, especially in relationships. May it not be said of us that the good children lost the sight of the plan. Let it be said of us that we checked our hearts, that we walked in humility, and that we pursued oneness and we stayed on mission. And Savannah was never the same because the church collective came together and got it done. But it's going to take every single one of us being aware of what's going on right here. Stop pointing the fingers and point the fingers at ourselves. What, what is it that I'm harboring? And you thought we were done with forgiveness, didn't you? <laughs> like you thought, I got through last week. I go, you know. But the Lord's not done yeah. if it's not complete. Yeah. The mission for this city and beyond, believe it or not, may be riding on your obedience and my obedience. The mission is still going. How many know his kingdom is still coming? Yeah. I like the metaphor of the kingdom of God like a freight train. You can't stop it. Like you get in front of it, but you're, you're going to be toast. Like it's just coming. Whether you like it or not, the kingdom of God is coming. Now whether you're on the train or not is up to you. But I'm telling you, how you get on the train is you keep your heart in check. Yeah. Relationally, pursuing oneness. What could happen if we did that and the freight train of the kingdom of God hit our city? Yeah. Bringing life, importing freedom. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Do we believe that? 
It's not, it's not going to be because the dwelling church did something. It's going to be because the church of Jesus did something in our city. And all of the Lord is asking us, I feel like this morning, is are you going to say yes to that? Are you going to say yes to forgiveness or are you going to keep holding on? Are you going to say yes to obedience or are you going to keep holding back? So let's all stand. And I just, we don't need an altar call this morning or anything like that. I just, I just want us to respond to the Lord. And that actually happens probably when we leave the room. More so than it does during a prayer at the end of service. But would you just allow him right now in the stillness and the silence just to search your heart? Would you notice any relationships that are broken that you need to be intentional about making right? And I'll put a caveat in here. When we talk about forgiveness, we need to balance that with boundaries. If you are abused, for example, you can forgive your abuser without opening up yourself to abuse again, okay? So don't get that part twisted. Just like you can honor people, and if they don't need to be a voice in your life, they don't have to be a voice in your life. You can forgive people, and you can honor people without giving them the access that they want. So just remember that. But at the same time, the Lord is asking us to release the people that we've been held holding in unforgiveness. And he's asking us to pursue oneness together across denominational lines, across all the barriers that we can erect. And so just in these moments, would you just say yes in your own words, in your own way? Father, we don't want to lose sight of the plan. So keep us tender. Give us grace to keep an eye on our hearts and Keep our relationships in check. To walk in humility. To love justice and to do mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You feeling good? So here's what we're going to do. It's 11.02. Not too shabby. Uh, we're doing baptisms in the lobby, okay? So if you need to scoot, nobody's going to think ill of you if you scoot, okay? But we're going to celebrate with someone following the Lord in baptism today, and that's happening right out those doors. So let's go. You're dismissed, all right? We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.